So we talk about being a gracious loser. If we lose a deal, we send handwritten thank you notes. And most reps are like, I'm not grateful for anything. Why am I doing that? And we're like, because you even had the chance. Like, you're the one that lost the deal, like not the client. You missed the mark, but be grateful that you even got the opportunity. New relationships, people now know who you are. They know what you do, et cetera. And guess what? They're going to change jobs. And if you're not a total jerk face, right? And your buyers will fall out of their chair if they get a thank you note when you didn't get your way. Wow. I love that. Hey, Warners, welcome to another episode of The Women Your Mother Warns You About. The podcast that makes business sexy again. I'm Gina Tremarco, Master Sales Trainer and Coach at Sales Gravy. I'm Rachel Pitts, Master Sales Coach at Sales Gravy as well. And, you know, I change who I am all the time, but I am currently entrepreneur and owner of Litchfield Dance (laughs) in Polly's Island. (laughs) It's so funny. This show's been running for three years. And um, someday I'll figure out who the fuck I am. I've lost track of what you are, who you are, where you are. But I think if someone listened to all of these over the years, it'll be we'll see where you are next year. And it's you know what? It's all good. Yeah. I mean, hey, one thing I am not is boring. (laughs) Yep. And we are constantly evolving, um, just like we're evolving on this episode today with Sam McKenna, the CEO of Hashtag Sam Sales. She is all that and a bag of chips. All that and a bag of chips. Um, There's so many interesting things about her um, that I did not expect, especially since she was born in Switzerland. Uh, you'll hear that backstory listening to this episode. Uh, her website is so well designed and so well laid out with everything that they do in the sales space. Um, we didn't even get into what they do at BDRs. So, so anybody who is a business development rep and, and doing any of that, we didn't even get into that because I wanted to, I really wanted to dive into LinkedIn, a sales navigator, because I get so many questions about that. But we got that and more. What did you think, Rachel? Uh, she is staggeringly intelligent and just, she, it was funny because she was like dropping knowledge bombs and just being like, I'll shut up in a second. And I'm like, no, no, don't, please don't shut up. Just keep going. She, I mean, it's just, it's really interesting to, I, I love how we have, sometimes we have like super interesting old dudes, but I love when we have like beautiful blonde chicks from Switzerland finishing school and they are like so intelligent that it like is staggering. Kind of it like reminded me of Laura Castleman a little bit that you just look yeah. at her and go, God, you're so pretty, but um, do you have anything intelligent to say? And then they just like, melt your brain with how intelligent they are. So super great. So smart. Um, So enamored with her, maybe a little bit of a girl crush for sure. Um, Mainly because of her brains, I think. Uh, But great episode talking about a sales navigator. That question comes up a lot for us as well as how to surprise and delight your customers, which is um, another piece that is super important to building relationships and keeping business going. And um, we talked about pineapples. I'll just leave it at that. Uh, so, so enjoy this episode, by the way, sponsored by Sales Gravy and salesgravy.university. Enjoy this episode and all of the nuggets that 
Sam McKenna, CEO of Hashtag Sam Sales, tells us about on this episode. Welcome, Sam McKenna, Hashtag Sam Sales, CEO to the women your mother warns you about. Welcome, Sam. Thanks, you guys. Thanks for having me. We're so excited to have you. There's so much I want to dive into um, with you. And first of all, love, 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 love your website. It is so well done, so well laid out. I literally navigate from page to page going like, I want to know more. I want to know, oh my gosh, this is good. And this is good. And we can talk about all these things. And then I love, because we live in South Carolina, I love the pineapple by the way, because for people not familiar with the pineapple, um, and I'm saying pineapple up, 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 right, not down, which is a whole nother, we won't talk about that. Uh, I had to go there. So, um, the pineapple is a sign of hospitality. Uh, so I love that. Of course I had to click on the pineapple. Here's, Here's a couple of things here. You've got a really interesting um, backstory that I want us to get into. But before we do it, uh, Rachel has a really important question to ask you. Oh, God. Let's hear it, Rachel. <laughs> well, the question is, Sam, do you consider yourself a woman your mother warned you about? 100%. <laughs> and why is that? I think, you know, we, so I'll tell you that like, I'm, I'm originally from Switzerland um, and we're very crass. We're very driven. We drive like maniacs. I've got a speeding record um, that can make anybody's eyes pop out of their face. Um, but I think it's, uh, let's take that back and say, I am the woman that most of my friends' parents and especially my boyfriend's parents warn them about, right? Like tons of feistiness, tons of, of driven attitude in my, in my past. And I think it was a little bit of like, like she might be a bad influence on you since she goes, you know, 80 miles per hour and a 25, things like that. <laughs> okay. So Sam, I'm so happy that you clarified some things here with the speeding ticket, because when I started to read your profile, I would have never in a million years guessed that you would have said crass in Switzerland in the same <laughs> sentence, because Agree. here's my impression of Switzerland, which is so amazingly beautiful. I know that the people of Switzerland are very like efficient and we were, I was, I was on a tour there and I was told we have to be very quiet, be very quiet here in Switzerland. Don't make a lot of noise, be proper. They use small towels in the bathroom. I don't know what that, you know, it's like all about saving energy. I never in a million years would have thought crass. Well, here's the thing. So I think uh, like the European sense of humor is completely different than the American sense of humor. And I'll tell you, it's it's gotten me in trouble in probably every job I've ever had where I cross the line, right? Mm-hmm. Or even, even my most crass friends are like, you know what? We take it to the line and then you just, boop, you just go right over it. So thanks for that. It really started with my mom um, and really everybody that was around us because you would just have these wildly inappropriate open conversations or always making, you know, sex jokes left and right it was just like as wild as it got. And then of course, when I got to corporate America and I was like, we can do that. Right. But apparently, apparently not. So I got definitely got. <laughs> in trouble there. But I will say, you know, uh, there's the, the veneer of, of the Swiss and the, the French manners, right? I went to Swiss finishing school. It's something I don't actually talk about that often. I know. And the whole, whole nine yards, right? Um, but beyond that, right, when we're not figuring out how to clap the right way, or we're not serving our entree salad or our starter salad or our cheese course on the right side of the body, when we're not doing that, then it's just crass joke after crass joke galore. 
I'm thinking that the Swiss finishing school behind the scenes archives is probably pretty epic. (laughs) (laughs) It was, I mean, it was an amazing experience. And I'll tell you, like most everybody that attended the school with me now is, you know, I don't know, married to billionaires. They, you know, have their own castles or their, you know, monarchs somewhere, Um, except for me who just runs Sam sales. Right. And then (laughs) the the one that sticks out like the pineapple shooting out of my head behind me. Um, But yeah, it's a, it's an incredible place to learn how to be diplomatic, how to do all the things the right way. And then when you meet lovely women like you, you can be like, Oh, great. I'll bet you're off. And then you can just say whatever the hell you want to say. That's awesome. Huh? <laughs> like finished on the outside, rough on the inside. <laughs> what is it? Isn't there a song lady in the street, freak in the sheets, something like that. Is that appropriate to say? Something lady in the street and a freak in the bed. <laughs> There you have it. That's the one. Well, that's that's awesome. And your parents were both entrepreneurs, right? Yeah, they were. So my um, my dad went to a hotelier school in in Lausanne, in Switzerland. It's the you know the most prestigious hotelier school to go to. And then he worked in hotels his entire life. He was um, at the Waldorf Astoria in the seventies before he ever met my mom. And then ran a bunch of properties all over Europe. Um, and then my mother um, did a few different businesses, but the the last business she had was importing uh, uh, Venetian glass into the United States and then selling it um, direct to consumers, which was really neat. But I'll tell you that being a part of their worlds was one of probably the earliest and best experiences I could have ever had from a business owner's perspective, from a client success perspective, and certainly in sales and negotiations, because for my dad, it was all about delighting guests, right? And he he ran prestigious properties for my mom. It was all about also delighting customers, but how do we negotiate? How do we effectively run a business? How do we manage margins? All of that jazz. I love it. So that that makes total sense on the um, pineapple, right? Because I have <laughs> I have a lot of experience in the hotel world, um, yeah. and and that's. That's that's why the pineapple triggered me. Well, and we were trying to think about, you know, I wanted to think about something that really reflected our brand. And while I'm not from the South, right, I grew up in Florida when I moved to the States. It's not technically considered the South, right? It's the whatever that is of the United States. It's not the South if y'all don't serve sweet tea. The exactly. There you, there you go. And I don't really think we do there. Um, but I love the pineapple for its hospitality, its friendliness, right? What it came up with. But I'll tell you, you know, Gina, to your point earlier, I've had lots of people get on my call and push the boundary. And they're like, is that pineapple ever upside down? And I'm like, whoops, dude. I want to sign my contract not to talk to you about a threesome for crying out loud. That's awesome. I mean, it's bad, but it's all, I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah, we've got got some some interesting people out there for sure that are, you know, they meet you for three seconds and then they're like, let's talk about upside down pineapples. And you're like, okay. Okay, sign the deal first. Yeah. Let's sign the deal first and we'll we'll talk about pineapple later. Right. That is, where are you based now? I'm in Washington, D.C. So, oh, okay. you know, yeah, we're we're pretty prim and proper here. So, we, again, I feel like I just moved to the places that let me stick out the most. Okay. Well, you don't have to be prim and proper here with us, <laughs> just so you know. I'll bet there, there is, um, there's so much that you do that I think our, our listeners, especially anybody in sales, would benefit from. I, I know I'm going to put my two cents on the table. I don't know if Rachel has something that is like, jumping out at her. But this comes up a lot um, for what the clients that I deal with, like Sales Navigator is like constantly asked about, I'll be transparent. I'm not on it and using it. Um, 
I'm trying to keep up with the leads I have. So uh, that's one area that I'd, I'd like to dive into a little bit with you yeah. if, if you're open to that. But before sure. we do that, and then Rachel might have something, can you just give us kind of like a quick little synopsis of of what you guys do and the service that you provide? Yeah. So when we started Sam Sales, and when I say we, it, it was me, right? It was by myself. I had incredibly low goals. And I thought, you know, if I can have five or six clients and I can make impact across them from a consulting perspective, I'll be successful. So let's figure out how to get them to build a great sales process. Let's figure out how to get entrepreneurs to go to market effectively. Um, and that's really where it started. I honestly, when I started this business, it was more of a result of some of my old clients having said after I left LinkedIn, we always, wonder what Sam would do. We have no idea what we're doing with sales process. Would you come and consult for us? And I was like, I mean, I guess. And it was so fulfilling so quickly. And so then everything that the business grew out of from there was strictly by client demand. So we would work with some of our clients who said, hey, do you know how to use outreach? And what do our sequences look like? Do you think that they look good for, for outreach sequences? And we'd read them and they were really, really bad, right? We basically have to set the whole thing on fire, throw in a dumpster, turn it into an inferno, and then rewrite it. So that's one of the lines of business we focused on. Training around everything in sales, LinkedIn and LinkedIn Sales Navigator is a huge part of our business. And it goes from everything from you know how to write a great outbound email, how to show me you know me and personalization, which is behind us. What are the foundations of sales all the way up to everything with executive leadership negotiations, running your business effectively as a, as a good GM. Um, and then another thing that we do is build up BDR organizations from the ground up. So for a lot of companies that have Series A, or just land at their series B and say, we know we need to start this. We're thinking about outsourcing BDRs instead. What would you say? You know, we give you our answer there. And then we basically help you grow this internally from a tech stack standpoint, processes, hiring the right people, content, everything you basically need to do to get it started until you have the right people in that can then manage it. And I think, you know, and I would say the final thing, just what you did this morning, um, we do tons of sales kickoffs. So this year I did uh, 30 of them in eight weeks. We're booked for 16 already in January alone. I'm already tired telling you that. So there's like nothing, no shortage of things cooking on our end. It's <laughs> awesome. And you have a pretty, I mean, you've got a pretty decent sized team, although does it ever feel like you have enough support? Seriously. You know, it's funny, like, I think that's one of the things about learning how to run a business is, and I'm sure you guys feel the same way, but it's you, you do everything at first, right? Like you wear all of the hats, right? Rachel, Rachel, do you wear all the hats? Maybe we need to get you a support person, Rachel. What do you think? Yeah. Go to to bat to find the money for that. That actually triggered me so hard that my (laughs) eyes are stinging from almost being about to cry. She's going to walk off camera. (laughs) She's like, that's it. I'm done. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you, Sam. I was just like, go on. you know, you do that, right? So you do everything. And then I think you slowly grow to say, I'm working 12 to 14 hours a day. What is it that I'm doing that, you know, how do we like skim the cream off the top? make that be what I do and then give somebody else all this, the murky stuff, the admin stuff at the bottom. But I think it's interesting, like even learning about the the ways to make myself efficient. So when we have a net new, I'll give you a good example of something we put in a process this week. When I have a net new client call, I now have one of our team members, Catherine, who's my number two and chief of staff. She attends every call. She takes all the notes. She processes everything. She follows up with all the materials, sends the thank you emails, everything. That's just one less thing I have to do. And when we have three or four of those a day or 12 a week, yeah. holy moly, does that help? And even sending out our own proposals or where we need follow-up, 
I'll give you a super secret about what we do at Sam Sales, but I'll always CC Catherine. I'll say she can help us with next steps. And then under our signature block, I'll put a number in there, which is the number of days she needs to wait till she follows up. I highlight it. I turn it white. Nobody sees it except for her because she knows that it's what she's looking for. And then she follows up without me ever having to give her that set of instructions. I know. Um, So just like little things, right? How do we make ourselves more efficient even when we do need to be present for things like this? What a great hack. That is a awesome hack. How about the people out there who are like, I I don't have a Catherine. What do I yeah. do? I think so. I would say as an entrepreneur, I would think about a couple of things. So the prioritization and follow through, I find is one of the things that mo- that really misses from entrepreneurs. Some of the ones that we still advise from our early days are like, oh, I owed that, per- that person a proposal. I should do that. And we're like, well, when did you promise it? And I'm like, three weeks ago. And I'm like, I want to die. Like, I'm like gasping for air. So I would think one, are you putting your time in the right places? And are you frankly working as hard as you should be to get to where you want to be long-term? A lot of people tell me they're not seeing the success they want. And then they're like, well, I worked eight hours this week. And I'm like, I worked eight hours like this morning. What do you mean? <laughs> oh my God. Um, and then I, I would say, you know, make sure that you focus on building new business. So that's another thing that I hear from a lot of people like we know how how can I do that when I have to you know do the work that I've already sold you hustle you work at night you work on the weekends you figure out time to build new business so you can keep growing so you can get the money and then you can eventually hire Catherine uh, amen amen um uh, I'm I'm feeling that right now and it's it's interesting because I left my business like so I left being in a sales training business of my own to joining sales gravy. So I left being the entrepreneur, but I'm still an entrepreneur and CEO mindset. So I still feel like I'm the CEO of my little world, which I think has helped me tremendously. So part of my attitude is outsource, 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 even though I'll take it out of my pocket because when I pay other people to do things, I generate more sales. Totally. And I think that's the tough part as an entrepreneur too, or even when you're in-house and you're thinking about spending your own money to do something, it's like, it hurts, right? There's no expense budget. There's no report that you're sending to somebody else. It's to yourself. Yeah. But I I think of it like you are buying your freedom and your sanity, right? Or making an investment in somebody else to then generate more dollars. Let's say that $1 spent brings four more dollars in, totally worth it, which is exactly what happens for us. Amen. Rachel, any thoughts? (laughs) I've just been thinking about um, the the phrase delight, delight your customers, delight your guests. Uh, and it's um, it's kind of an approach that I am taking right now in my business is creating this experience, um, creating an experience that is just so great that like if you build it, they will come, right? Yeah. Um, and the thing about it right now, so especially I'm pretty new. I acquired this business a few months ago and I'm doing a lot of um, slowly chipping away at the things that I wanted to do in terms of creating a delightful experience. And there's a point like that I'm I'm at, and I'm sure that entrepreneurs reach this point where it's like, okay, I've I've spent all this money out of my pocket creating this delightful experience. Like is are they really getting it? Is it really making a difference? Yeah. And I know I just have to keep like keep the vision, keep going because in the moment, like the 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 customer is like, oh, that's cool. 
but they, you know, it's not necessarily that they're getting their socks knocked off, you know, in, in the moment as much as I assume. Right. So can you speak to that on just being consistent with creating that delightful experience for customers? And here's some words from our sponsor, Jeb Blunt at Sales Gravy. Hi, this is Jeb Blunt. There's a reason why thousands of sales professionals and top companies across the globe honed their sales skills at Sales Gravy University. You see, Sales Gravy University is different than most learning platforms. First, we have live courses taught in a virtual classroom by our master trainers that start almost every single day. And our e-learning platform is populated with hundreds of hours of sales training content produced by some of the top sales trainers in the world, including Gina's spontaneous selling course, which is worth checking out. Now, I've got some good news. If you've never taken a course on SalesGravy University, if you're a new user, you can take your very first course for free. That's any course on the platform, absolutely free. Just go to learn.salesgravy.com. That's learn.salesgravy.com or click the e-learning tab in the top menu at salesgravy.com. Pick out your course. And when you check out, use coupon code free course to get that course for free. That is free course to get your very first course for free. Yeah, I think it is one of the um, it, making positive impact and delighting our customers, I think, are two of the things that just bleed through my body, right? Like I live to make a difference and to surprise and to delight others. Um, But I think about this in a couple of ways. So the experience of what they hired you to do can be exceptional, but I think it's the stuff that's outside of that that really matters. So I'll tell you a couple of different different things, levers to pull. Um, One, we have, this is going to sound super creepy, but we have a book of, I have a book of all of our client facts. So if you tell me you have a dog or kiddos, or you went on a trip or you're stuck at the Phoenix airport, whatever that may be, these are things that I write down, right? Maybe not Phoenix airport, right? Unless it's something where you're like, I'm always stuck here. And this is where I always eat. I'm going to think about that. I even have a page at the front that has every client that we have and their dogs and their names. So just even remembering like, how's Zeus doing? I know he's old. This was a client we were talking to yesterday. So that's one thing. And then we weave that into our conversations, right? So even if it's been like four weeks since I've spoken to somebody, I'll be like, how's it going? Hey, how's Zeus, by the way? And he'll be like, oh, oh, you what? You remembered my dog's name? And I'm like, well, no, it's written down. I mean, yes, I I sure did. You're my top priority. So I think it's one thing there just thinking about those people at a human level, but also using that as a great way to connect. So I'll give you an example. Um, Greg is one of our great partners. He runs a recruiting company out of Chicago. Um, he's did a, a nice solid the other day in sending us business. So we um, sent his dog waffles. Um, <laughs> waffles, come on. Um, a <laughs> ch- the best name, uh, a chew toy, and then a sh- one of the sugar chews uh, the dogs love. So we sent it to him via Amazon. We addressed it to waffles. And we had a little note that said, sure, you love Sam sales, but now we have to suck up to waffles, right? Just little things like that make such a difference. And then I think the other thing is, again, like remembering listening to your clients and thinking about um, special occasions, things going on in their life. Um, A little bit of a fail for us, but I'll tell you a good story. Uh, My uh, girlfriend and I, one of our clients was talking about 40th birthdays. She's like, everybody's turning 40. She's like, my birthday's around the corner. Like, should I do big gifts, grand gifts? Like, what are you doing? So we're talking about all this. Well, I heard 40th birthday and my birthday's around the corner. And I was like, she's turning 40. So I wrote her date down, sent it to my EA. And I was like, please send flowers on this day. They got to her and she was like, 
first she was flabbergasted because it was like, I don't know, four months later, right after she had told us. But number two, she was like, it's my 39th. So I expect this again next year. She's just totally <laughs> joking. But I was like, damn it. Right. But like things like that, like it's that old adage of adage of people will always remember how you made them feel. Right. And I think we have such, such a, a low bar to be exceptional at that. Right. No one does this stuff. And I'll say one more thing and then I'll be quiet. I'm all about handwritten thing. You know, it's a love stationery. I'm a nerd for that kind of stuff. Um, and there's all the thank you notes that come when you're grateful for something. But how about a thank you note when you're maybe things didn't go your way? So we talk about being a gracious loser. If we lose a deal, we send handwritten thank you notes. And most reps are like, I'm not grateful for anything. Why am I doing that? And we're like, because you even had the chance. Like you, you're the one that lost the deal, like not the client. Like you missed the mark. But be grateful that you even got the opportunity. New relationships, people now know who you are, they know what you do, et cetera. And guess what? They're going to change jobs. And if you're not a total jerk face, right? difference you can make by sending that and your buyers will fall out of their chair if they get a thank you note when you didn't get your way. Wow. I love that. I, these are, these are little things that are big things. Totally. Right? At, right? at the, at the end of the day. Um, it reminds me of a couple things. I, I went and I shadowed, um, um, at uh, zappos.com several years ago in their culture camp that they they do a variety of different things where they train companies on how to create culture and uh, I shadowed one of um one of their call reps to see like what what they deal with and they're empowered to really do so much there like they have like you would totally geek out on this you you might actually leave your company to go get a job there they have stationary areas on every floor, like a stationary cart where you can take out a card, handwrite it, address it, put a stamp on it, all that same exact thing. So if they were talking to, let's say, a bride and her order for her shoes for her wedding got screwed up, they can go and send a note and order flowers and just those little things like you're talking about, those little details, they do it so well. And ironically, yesterday, the keynote I gave was about um, sales EQ and emotional experience that you're that you're giving, right? And so one of the stories I told was when I was trying to get business from a Fortune 500 tobacco company, I'll leave nameless, and um, I really thought I got the deal, like, and then I didn't. So I tell the part part one and part two of the story. So part one of the story, um, I connected with who was more of the coach and influencer than they were the actual decision maker. But I didn't know that because I wasn't smart enough then, but we connected really well because we started talking about he's up in Winston-Salem, not that far away from where we are. And he says, why is it every time I come to Myrtle beach, there's a two hour wait at red lobster. And I'm like, that is the, that is a great question. Like why, why? Right. Like, wait, wait, why would he be going to red lobster? I don't even know. I did this a good right because I don't because that's a more appropriate question. Why are yeah, you dining frankly, there, sir? I don't think there's a lot of great seafood Ch- places oh, here. Biscuits, did, though, I can I can get yeah, behind that. Ch- right. So I don't think there's a lot of great seafood restaurants here. I think that's for one. I mean, you've got the seafood buffet, Red Lobster. <laughs> Or you go to the Marsh Walk, which is, you know, out of the way for some people. Anyway, we have this question. He asks me, we're we're talking about Red Lobster, how crazy that is. And we're laughing about it. So surprise and delight. 
because now I find out they're going to go through to a bid process. And I'm like, God, blessed. Now no. I'm competing. And I know I'm who I'm competing with because at that time, our business, our focus was very niched in sales. It was improv-based sales training. So very specific, not a lot of companies that that's their focus. So I'm like, all right, I need to stand out. So I send him a lobster gram. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I spend the money. It was a hundred bucks, right? I send him a lobster gram. And for anyone who does not know lobster gram, which it's a company, check it out. Lobstergram.com. I think I send him. So it's like, it comes in a pail, like lobster tails in a pail with all the stuff, right? The cheddar biscuits come with like all the stuff. Right. And I'm like, with the note, like it's not red lobster, but it's whatever, right? Yeah. So I send that off. And he, as soon as he gets it, he calls me. And here's the thing. I answer the phone. And as I'm saying hello, all I hear is laughter. Oh. Right? He's just <laughs> laughing. He just got it. He just opened it. He's like, oh, my God. I just got it. He's like, you, you need to understand. All my employees are standing here in my office right now because they thought I was delivered. Someone was delivering me a body part because <laughs> of the dried ice, right? So the box is smoking. It's my organs. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> and so it became this great conversation and this great connection, right? It got us to the next level. It got us to the next level. It got us to the boardroom, um, which was really intimidating. It was like being on an episode of Mad Men, um, cigarette smoke everywhere, ashtrays, can't make <laughs> this course. up, right? It's a tobacco company. And we lose the deal. And later I follow up and I'm like, so why did we lose the deal? Which yeah. is what shocks people too. I'm like, I just want to know, totally. like, just ask, right? Why'd you yeah. lose the deal? And he's like, okay, well, one of the people, like, and I didn't know, here's the thing. This is again, pro tip. <laughs> It's like, know who your audience is. So I had my influencer. I thought I'm in. Mm -mm, no, there's all these other people that were there yeah. learning and development, like all these other people were at the table. And he said, well, you lost the deal because Joe got, a, got upset that you made him do an improv exercise. Oh. I said, didn't the other companies do that? He said, no. Oh. I'm like, but that's what you guys were buying. Like, I wanted to make sure you understood what you were yeah. getting. And so my my learning from this was I, I created a bad experience for those stakeholders. I created a good experience for the influencer. But the decision makers were like, whoa, what'd you just do to us? So if I would have spent yeah. more time understanding the rest of the stakeholders, maybe I wouldn't have done that. Well, and you make, you make such a good point, right, around the idea of multi-threading, which people just don't do, especially if even if you have your influencer, right, we still want to get to your decision maker at some point, but we also want to think about everybody else that's involved in making these decisions. And as we know, like, it's not a, not a new thing, but when we look at enterprise deals, especially, right, on average, 11 people in the deal cycle, sometimes all the way up to 20, and you think about your champion, your users, your influencers, your skeptics, your decision maker, procurement, all of that stuff. Mm -hmm. There's so many people to engage with, but I think even still, people make the mistake of, like, getting, let's say, to, like, if they get to me and they get to the CEO, right, and there's, like, you know, two other people you have to convince at Sam Sales to get something over the line, but they make the mistake of thinking, well, I've got Sam. She owns the budget. She owns the company, et cetera, without thinking that may be true, but I rely on what my other people are looking for and what their experience has been before I make a decision. And that's the exact same thing. Right. And it's, it's interesting. Like 
you um, you bring up, it's kind of a great segue of thinking about LinkedIn Sales Navigator, right? Like this is such an underutilized platform. It's such a, um, it's, everybody has it, it seems. They spend hundreds of thousands of dollars on it. It, it is a massively successful business for, for LinkedIn. I know like we work with them, they're a client, I'm a brand ambassador, all that stuff. I, I know this platform inside and out. But I think what's interesting is like that's an that's even a great way to leverage who your influencers are. So a quick hack on that note, if I go to your, let's say if I go to a profile page for someone that I want to get in touch with or that I'm working with at, I don't know, Accenture, one of the really cool things on the profile is on the bottom right-hand corner side, you can see recommended leads. And recommended leads basically means LinkedIn is surfacing for you, the people that are most often searched for together on LinkedIn. So if I'm meeting with this person and there's three other people coming to the meeting, what am I going to do if I'm a normal sales rep? I'm looking at all four of them together on LinkedIn, searched in a cluster. LinkedIn looks at the algorithm and they say, well, how often does that happen? And who else is searched for together? And who could be the possible buying part of the buying circle or influencer circle can easily save those people out as key influencers, people you want to engage with, with their content, et cetera, and just be smart, right? In your multi-threading efforts. I love that. Could you could you dig a little bit deeper into Navigator for, for those who, for those who use it and are familiar with it, I'm sorry, but I do get a lot of questions about it. Um, how to use it, if they should use it, the pros and cons to using it. Um, could you give us your perspective on that? To me, I think like if you are a VP of sales or if you're running an organization, there's a few platforms you cannot live without. To, in my personal opinions, those are things like Gong, Outreach, Sales Navigator, and then of course a CRM, right? You put those four things together, you can set fire to your sales organization in a, in a good way. But where I think Sales Navigator kind of gets a bad rap and, and frankly, exactly what we're working on with the organization is what do you do with it when you get it, right? Like we we get it, right? Like here's the car, now now what, right? And so I think what, what's missing is tr- it's the true power of the technology. So I'll give you some ideas real quick. Let's talk about that recommended leads piece that I just mentioned. And I'll, I'll reference my buddy, Adam uh, Severson. Uh, Adam is the chief marketing officer of Baker Donaldson out in Nashville. Uh, he is somebody I met at a conference maybe 10 years ago. And he's like, we'd love to buy your technology. I can't even think about it for the next six months. And I was like, sounds good. No worries. Now, if I'm like every other sales rep, I'm going to go to my little CRM and I'm going to put my little reminder in there. And then in five months and 30 days, I'm going to reach back out and be like, hi, Adam, remember me? And he's going to be like, nope. And be like, cool. <laughs> So, or if I am like 5% of sales reps out there that has a brain, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go, I'm going to connect with Adam on LinkedIn, and then I'm going to go and I'm going to look for those recommended leads and I'm going to save them all out to a list, right? Whatever it's, if it's specific to that firm, if it's a whole mess of crap, a bucket of influencers, whatever. Here's what happened. So about two months after I did that with Adam, I saw that his director of business development posted on LinkedIn and said, Hey, LinkedIn family, just to know. I don't know that this person, I don't know this person. We're not connected. It's inappropriate for me to connect with him. I have no idea who he is. He posts on LinkedIn and he's like, LinkedIn family, we're sick of our of WebEx. Um, and that was our competitor. We're trying to think of another platform to use. What do you recommend? And I was like, <gasps> and so I took a screenshot. I sent it to Adam and I said, hello. After I'd already sent him some nurturing emails, of course, mm-hmm. I said, hello. I know you said not to reach out for six months. I know it's only be two. We have four months to go. I saw this post, thought the time might be better. And I was like, oh my God, I didn't even know we had an issue. Now we ended up Ooh. getting a deal, right? And a three-year deal at that. But let's think about this. So if we had not done that, 
This guy might have gone to Adam and said, hey, we're having an issue. I vetted all these other vendors. <clears throat> Didn't even think about Sam, right? Here's a new contract for you to sign. Adam's not going to be like, well, hold on a minute. I met this snappy girl at a conference. He's going to be like, that sounds great. Get this off my plate so I don't have to think about it again. And then I would come back at six months and Adam would say, sorry, we signed another deal with somebody else for three years. Call me in three years. And I'd be like, well, okay. So <laughs> this is such an amazing way. And I can tell you countless stories where that helped. The other thing that I think is interesting about this is the way that you can use, again, lists, but also saved searches. So let me tell you two that I think are the most impactful here. So in Navigator, pop up to the top URL, the search bar in the platform, hit advanced filters for leads, and you have 25 different filters that you can use there to do whatever the hell you want with and answer any question. Those filters give you answers based on the data and intelligence that is on linkedin.com and curates it specifically to your book of business or what you want to know. So two of my favorites to use is number one, I like to look and put in, let's say, 20 of our top clients. So if you are a business owner or if you are a rep at a company and you know you've got 20 clients that are case study people, they give you testimonials, their logos are on your site, they run your corporate executive board, whatever the hell it is, right? Customer advisory board. Um, take those people and put it into those companies and put it into past company for the search. Now for current company, put in your book of business, put in your tier one accounts, put in your top 100 accounts that you're trying to target. Then put in your titles, your geography, whatever you're looking for. And what you're basically saying is, hey, Navigator, tell me if anyone with my key buyer persona has ever worked for one of our best customers and now works for somebody in my book mm. of business. Huge lead list. Use this in your reach out, in your outreach. Use Show Me You Know Me. Put the name of their previous employer. Put the name of your employer and put their current company name in the subject line. Be different and say, hey, your previous employer uses us and loves us. You should too unbelievable way to get leads and you can save that search. So every single day, it's sending you leads of new people that made that criteria. Now I'll shut up in one second, but I'll give you one more example here. The other thing is for me, it's all about who you know, right? And people are like, yeah, yeah, you know, I know who you know, but two things here. One in this search. So I've worked for LinkedIn and I've worked for a company called on 24 before that. For anyone on my team, they can go and say, I wonder if Sam knows anybody or if, if anybody has worked for LinkedIn or on 24 that's in our key buyer persona or demographic. Again, past company, LinkedIn, on 24. Put in the titles and the geography or whatever it is that you care about and find immediate leads. Odds are you're probably going to find people who are connected to me. And if not, you can be like, hey, my boss worked for on 24. And it looks like you guys you know, missed each other. But I'm sure you could tell some more stories over like lots of shots of tequila. And you guys should get together and talk. But also, will you buy our crop? Right? So such an easy way to just leverage information. Final thing I will say, and then I promise I'll be quiet. Every single time you get an inbound lead, if you are a Navigator customer and you've heard an enterprise customer at that, it means you have access to a beautiful, beautiful thing called Team Link Extend. And what that means is it leverages anybody that's signed up, you know, that said, yes, you can look at my network. It leverages anybody at the company that signed up for this and who they know. So even if I don't know someone in product engineering, finance, whatever it may be, if they've said yes, I can see their network. So when I get an inbound lead, I go to that company, I look to see if I have any team link extend. And before even reaching out and doing some show me, you know me with that person, I look to see if I have internal connections that can help me add credibility to my lead. <sighs> that is like, there's so, thank you. It's like yeah. nugget after nugget after nugget. Like, that's fine. Keep talking. I mean, that's we're not even, yeah, we're not even scratching the surface. 
We should charge. We should charge money for this episode. Give me a dollar a listen. <laughs> yes. I'll rake it in, ladies. This is juicy stuff, Sam. So good. We're we're just missing the how to use it, right? And that's, you know, that's that's for me when I got got to LinkedIn. I was lucky to be there for nine months. It was or 19 months, sorry. I was on a mission to do something here, right? To teach people how to use this. Um, and I think that there it's this, the same thing. Every single client we talk to, they say we have it, we know we need it, we spend a fortune on it, nobody uses it because they don't know what to do with it. That, like, that, that's it. That's what I hear every single day. And I too am not using it. And it's like, why, why are people like, nobody seems to know how to use it. Why? It's, you know, it's, it's, um, LinkedIn is a typical organization that really focuses on the SaaS part of their business versus the services part of their business. And thank God, because that keeps us employed, um, at least on, on the same sales side, right. Then we can teach all this stuff, but I think we've got some, some neat things cooking, um, things that we're, we're going to do there is that about as much as I can say. And, um, I think there'll be some really, some really neat use, use cases that, that come out soon. Well, cool. Well, before we get to a couple signature questions, uh, I've got, uh, two, two more questions. One is how do people connect with you, your company? Um, I've already been on the site. There's like something I want to buy on it. That's on your resource page. Like, I'm mm-hmm. like, Oh, I think I need to take that. I need to buy that <laughs> stuff. So if, um, especially for, um, individual salespeople who are looking for a little extra boost, um, of course they have to go to sales gravy university first because that's who pays for this podcast. So after <laughs> you first. do that and you get your education there, if you want to get any additional information from Sam, where do they go? Yeah. So follow me on LinkedIn. Easy to find there. Sign up for our newsletter. It comes out every Friday. Um, about 10,000 subscribers and over 50% open rate each week. So we have to be doing something right. Um, and then I would tell you after you go to your university, um, take a look at our shorts. So it's on our website. It's a subscription for Sales Navigator. We've got a LinkedIn one coming out. And then we've got about 34 or so shorts in there for sales that are all our super tactical, super short videos on things that you should do again, how to use LinkedIn, how to not get ghosted, how to negotiate, how to hire your first SDR, all of that jazz. Awesome. And then show me, you know, me real brief. What is that? Yeah. So I think, think about how many calls we have where reps are unprepared. They don't know who you are. They don't know where you live. They don't know where you worked before. Right. My, my worst thing is like when people are like, Hey, thanks for joining. So where'd you work before Sam sales? And I'm like, it's on my LinkedIn profile. There's one one fact for you guys. Um, But yeah, do your research. So I think show me, you know me. Um, It is our tag, you know, the thing that we're probably the most known for. Um, But it is the idea of being able to do our research and doing some investment in who that person is, what their company is and their space before ever reaching out. And then it bleeds through every part of the buyer, uh, the sales cycle, just getting to do a little bit of research. So you show that, you know, something instead of showing up saying, where are you based and how's the weather there? Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. And let me sell you a widget. Oh my God. Kill me. Right. Exactly. <laughs> we, we could talk to you forever. We got a couple more questions to close out the show with that Rachel is going to give you right now. And then we're going to wrap up. Let's hear it. All right. First question, Sam, how would you define the word sexy? <laughs> uh, do I have one word or can I define, define it? Define it how word? you like. <laughs> To me, it's intel. It's all about intelligence. Like you, uh, you could look like an ogre and be smart, and I'd probably still take you to bed. <laughs> There's a movie about that. Yeah, I hear. I hear he's green. 
Uh, no, I'll tell you every, every boyfriend I had in college went to Georgia tech. They were, and they all like graduated with four O's. And then my husband has four degrees and is a lawyer, like in brains are just the best thing to me ever. Amen. Um, give me that over brawn. Amen. So show. All right. Best advice you've ever been given. Uh, oh my gosh. Um, I would say, Give me a minute to think. Hopefully you can edit my thinking out. So I seem smart. Oh, no, we keep, it, we keep it as is. Oh, good. Great. Um, I think the, uh, the, the, I'll tell you the worst advice that I've gotten that has been the, ignoring it has been the best. Um, and that's to be more patient. Um, and my response was GFY <laughs> to that. Um, I'm not patient. I never will be. I have a fire lit under my ass all day, every day. Hence the speeding tickets. Urgent bird gets the worm. I think that if you move and you show urgency and you capitalize on opportunity, um, it sets you apart from the rest and it makes you successful. I will say a few months ago, I was driving, um, uh, like capitalizing on every opportunity I could to get somewhere quickly. And when I got there, somebody was behind me. And they're like, I bet you're in sales. And I was like, yes, I am. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. Love it. Any advice that you wish you had been given? Uh, Yes. So I will say too, um, one of the things I wish I had done better when I was younger was really, was really learn how to speak to C-suite and executives at a more uh, elevated level. So I think that's one of the disservices that we have, especially in sales organizations, is that we talk all about executive presence, executive communications, think about what SVP of sales is thinking. And I'm like, well, I'm not, I'm 12, you know, and I just graduated college and I'm new to this organization. I have no idea how the hell a C-suite thinks, right? So I wish I had been exposed to more senior conversations, right? The idea that a CEO is thinking 12, 36 months ahead, right? What does that mean? At what level? Um, I also wish that I had gotten to probably spitball a little bit better with those executives. So if I present this to you, is that at your is that enough at your level? And if it's not, how do I be bolder to say, you should give me a million dollars for this product because it'll impact you across these seven lines of business. I wish I had gotten that a little bit earlier in my career. That's great advice because there's definitely, there's a gap there for sure. Yeah. Love it. Also, it is, it has been delightful having you on the show. Um, we'd guys. love to have you back sometime and continue this relationship. I think you're amazing and smart and fun and funny. And I bet if we dig deeper, it could get really crass. Um, and we, <laughs> we like crass. I like to consider myself crass with a little sass um, or without the crass. I don't know, something like that. I like uh, it. But it's time to wrap up the show. So thanks, Warners, for listening to this episode of The Women Your Mother Warns You About with Sam McKenna and uh, myself and Rachel. For more information about the show, go to womenyourmotherwarnsyouabout.com. You can also find Rachel and I both on salesgravy.com. And your final words, Rachel? And if you found some nuggets of knowledge, which pretty impossible not to in this episode, (laughs) please share this episode with a friend because the more people that hear what Miss Sam has to say, the better off the sales world will be. And send us all a dollar every every time you listen. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, you guys. (laughs) Thanks, we're out of here. Thanks, Sam. Thanks, Rachel. Bye, Warners. Bye, Warners. This really will get serious soon. Yeah, don't, it, it doesn't have to. I don't think anybody wants it to be serious.